0: john and steven
1: thank you Kevin cabinet comics i'm your host john clark with me as a lot
0: always is chicago's king of geeks elliot serrano how are you elliot i'm barely holding on just barely but but i'm here can you believe it i made it
1: i thought something just went down the wrong pipe but apparently things (laughs) steeply declined between saying hello and hitting record
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what it is It's, it's funny it's going around, right? You know, there's this stuff that's going around. And I've got this persistent cough that does not. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm taking everything for it. I have been and I have been eating Vicks vapor Cool, like extreme cough drops like like candy. And even the cough is even fighting those off, which is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, this is going to quickly turn into old man complains about body podcast, um, <laughs> of which I don't think there's enough. Uh, like, Mark Marin's turning into that, but I don't know anybody else that's doing it. Uh, yeah, I had a cough from, from, like, March to May, and it wasn't COVID. I got COVID in September, and it came and went easier than this cough did, so you never know.
0: Yeah, but I'm, I'm
1: managing. Well, uh, you have plenty of time. You have plenty of opportunity to sit down on the couch and watch things that are happening. Uh, on streaming, things are happening again.
0: And it's the, the holidays. We're getting all these great gifts for the holidays. Yeah. Yes,
1: digital gifts that we cannot give to anybody else.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I keep reading articles about how physical media is coming back because uh, I actually just saw a thing. Joe Blow did a thing. How you cannot find Cocoon. You can only find Cocoon Two. And it it's not streaming on anything. The Blu Ray is not available. And the message that keeps coming back to me is keep keep your Blu Rays,
0: keep your DVDs. What have I been telling you from the very beginning? I mean, I, that's well, sort of okay. And,
1: and there's, well, and then in my experience is go to disc replay and get your DVDs back for pennies on the dollar.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, but we've, we've talked about this on the show in the past. Um Things. <clears throat> well, so when it- you, when you don't, when you don't keep it yourself and you don't keep the media yourself, you keep, leave yourself at the mercy of, you know, these media conglomerates. You know, we we again we've discussed it. When things disappear, it's like they never existed, right? right? And with every with every iteration, with every upgrade or whatever, what do they say that like okay, so now everyone's getting everything in four K, right? But <clears throat> maybe half of the entire collective movie catalog will actually get the upgrade. So that means the other half is going to stay in the old format. So well, they
1: say I saw this in a documentary about VHS. Actually, they say. Every time we move up in media, we lose 50% of our titles. There you go. And I think really it's okay. because when, when you move up in media, they're mostly concerned with new, new movies. So yeah, you that pipeline's going to be full anyway because they're constantly making new movies, but like some of your favorite things uh, can disappear. I was just, at, I spent the um, weekend at Howie Warren Gardens and we did a, a podcast about all the bad movies we watched and some of them were real hard to find. I mean, we had to do a free trial to something to watch a film. And I just read where Sony dropped a bunch of TV shows, whether you bought it or not. So that's, and that's the thing I worry about with Apple with, I I bought everything through iTunes. um, And it's like, when, when does Apple just go, you know, we're not really interested in talking to Paramount and Disney and Warner Brothers anymore. And then it just clicks off. So I agree with, right. Yeah, I do agree with you. I do watch streaming. Uh, as I said, I go to, I'll go to disc replay and half price books. And like, I found the star Wars trilogy for six bucks. Okay. I call them now insurance discs. You know, Indiana Jones was $20. Uh, I saw it and I didn't get it yesterday. I saw the complete Adam West on Blu-ray, uh, Batman episodes, which I have streaming. Uh, but I, I still don't put them in the machine. You know, I have a Blu-ray player connected to one TV and I have the PlayStation five connected to the other. And sometimes they look better. Sometimes the quality's up there. You gave me some of the Star Trek: Next Generations a few months ago, and I put them in to check them out. But I still, when
0: I say let's watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, I go streaming. Yeah, so but it's, that's, but that's understandable. But when they're gone, and eventually they will be, <clears throat> it's it's the bunker mentality. It's gotta ha- have that in your bomb shelter, your media bomb shelter.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing I always worry about. I had this argument with my father actually because my father had walls of VHS. And was going to DVD and never went to Blu-ray. He's like, I, I, I'm done. And he's a snowbird now. So he's like six months in Florida, six months in New York. So he doesn't want a lot of stuff, which is the opposite of what he was, which is why I am who I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the one thing I worry about with that is like, well, I have all these discs, but can I count on the machines always being out there? Because the machines are going to break down. They don't put disc drives in things.
0: Well, that's, why, that's why Blu-rays are really cheap right now. Buy yourself a backup.
1: You know, yeah, like it in the box and then hope that you there's an adapter to connect it to your TV. Because if we decide no more HDMI, you know, like we decided no more component, like we decided no more coaxials, it's, it's always a racing game. I mean, and you know, it's unless it's in
0: print and you know how to read, because that's <laughs> also a translating thing, and it's not in cursive. Because these days, it's like kids can't read cursive anymore, which means they are going to be historical documents that they're not going to be able to read.
1: That's fine, because I was told by nuns over and over again that I couldn't write cursive. <laughs> <laughs> and I will burn cursive down for that. <laughs> but I can't write cursive. No one will write cursive. But then you won't be able to read the Declaration of Independence. I can't read my own signature. <laughs> I go to Walgreens and get my subscription. They make me use the fingernail and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just kept making circles until I thought I was
0: done. Well, John, because you can't read your own signature, screw the declaration of independence already.
1: Uh, let's go back to England. I mean, you know, I don't mind England. <laughs> I, they have Beatles and Dr. Who and Neil Gaiman and John Cleese. I that's a- that's fine.
0: Oh, don't bring up John Cleese. John Cleese is on the outs with a lot of people right now. John Cleese is on the outs with Eric Idle. Oh, they are? Yeah. Yeah. He said he's gotten weird. Well, I saw him live
1: last year in Seattle, and it was like some of it was great, and some of it was a little weird. I was like, huh. You know,
0: uh, I always. Well, he's very anti cancel culture right now. And I'm not going to I am not going to disagree entirely with him. He he makes some good points. But
1: well, the point yeah, the point he made when I saw him live was like it should just be it should be the opposite instead of not making fun of anybody, we should be allowed to make fun of everybody. And I I get that, but it's like you also have to find new ways.
0: Right. <clears throat> I mean, there's there is very little you know, it's like the whole comedy shouldn't punch down. I I kind of get that. I agree. At the same time, it's comedy. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's not it's not actual punching.
1: Comedy always has a target.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: it. Even if the target is self inflected there's always a target.
0: Right. So, I mean, when people start saying punching down in comedy is equal to actual punching, then we're gonna okay.
1: I haven't seen these people, but I don't (laughs) want (laughs) to.
0: Oh God, but
1: anyway, there are people with no senses of humor out there and they're very angry at people that do
0: yeah oh and then again I will I will um, and before people say I'm getting on um comedians making fun of of the disadvantaged or trans folks or which i I disagree um I, I don't think there's anything funny about it, but um I, I first say, uh, why will Smith slapped Chris Rock? <clears throat> when he's supposed to be a comedian and the worst thing a comedian can do to another comedian is burn him, Okay. Roast them. That, that's way more effective than smacking someone.
1: Well, Will Smith is not funny on his own.
0: Yeah. It, there you go.
1: He had one delivery that kind of worked and it worked great in men in black. And then in suicide squad, I was like,
0: he's just doing that thing. from.
1: He's already out of his toolbox and, I don't know. I'm kind of with the rest of the world. I don't want to look at Will Smith anymore.
0: Well, you're not. You don't have to right now because Will. Smith-
1: no, because everything he's working on gets canceled, and he's no longer attached to franchises that I'm going to have to sit through.
0: <laughs> so beyond that, and that is the Will Smith category. Pardon Is a Will Smith, cata- uh, <clears throat> a Will Smith c- catalog of films going to disappear because they don't go, go up to 4K?
1: <laughs> oh my God! You sound like you've done so much weed. <laughs> <laughs> Pontificating and coughing.
0: I swear I'm not smoking, folks. I'm not. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's still um the whole thing with the physical versus streaming. Yes, but here's they lured us in with this promise of convenience.
1: Well, they of lured what? us in, they lured us in with this inexhaustible library of like you're gonna have everything. And it, for a while it was Netflix, and really, you know, it's late stage capitalism. It's like how can we? How can we squeeze the most money? And how can we compete with everybody else? You know, I, um, now they're just selling stuff to each other. I mean, even up to a year ago, you know, Stephen uh, Brown messaged me this morning and he said, "Spectacular Spider-Man" has gone from Disney Plus, and it, for a long time it was on Netflix and not on Disney Plus. And when it came to Disney Plus, and, and you know, um, this is a show I love, so I bought it on iTunes. So what does that mean? <laughs> um, that. That it was like okay, they made a big deal that like Spider Man is coming home, and then they just sold it out. They did the same thing with on Paramount Plus. They was like, we are the no- only home for Star Trek, and they pulled the series off everything, and then they sold the movies to Hulu, and then they got them back. It's just everybody's just spreading this stuff around. So you, you're right. You cannot trust. You cannot trust uh, people to hold it for you. And I know this way of thinking means don't put your money in a bank. I know that. (laughs) Yeah, mattress. Put it in your mattress.
0: Go to Amazon with a fistful of fives. And that's how you live your life. I mean, it's like the thing with Paramount where they said, well, we're the home of Star Trek. But then they realized that that just wasn't the draw that they wanted it to be. Well, they they dropped the series they were producing. Yeah, they were like, "Eh, okay. Then they expanded even more. Now Paramount Plus is... The home of Fraser, you know, yeah. the home of, uh, of, of Yellowstone. Yellowstone, if you can yeah. believe that, you know, all these other things that our people are interested in. And and, just, and thus the Paramount Plus brand expands and then they don't have to rely so much on Star Trek. But you're right. It's like then it's back to, OK, well, you know, we don't need this anymore. Let's settle it off to so and so. And then the folks can get it from there.
1: <laughs> Isn't that always the way with Star Trek? We're going to build a whole UPN network around Star Trek. <laughs>
0: Whatever happened to UPN? It became the CW because the WB also tanked. Then what, the CW became like a streaming channel or something like that? I don't know. I I don't know what broadcast is doing anymore. I I haven't had broadcast in like four years. I think there's a CW app, yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah, all all I know is that NBC shows come on Peacock the next day. That's all I know. I watched Last Night Saturday Night Live this morning on Peacock, and uh, and I, I... then I moved on with my life. I just saw a thing that said um, uh, only murders in the building will air on CBS or yes. will air on, I'm sorry. It will air on ABC. And then I saw a post like, are you excited? And I was like, I don't know how I'd watch that. <laughs> I thought it was, it's easier for me to watch something on Hulu than it is for me to watch ABC. I don't know how they're going to show it on there when they swear. Uh eh, they'll bleep it. it goes. They don't show nudity and they don't show violence. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an Agatha Christie type of murder mystery. It's yeah. bloodless. So I, it's just dialogue. And honestly, I think those episodes are probably too long, so they'll cut them down.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, some of the episodes are beyond the, if they're going to have commercial breaks, they'd be a little long for that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, we were going to talk about absolutely none of this, but <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why Elliot's always good to have on the podcast. Uh, I am restraining myself from talking about doctor who i i really 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 want to but we we have just uh, as we're recording this the second episode of the three david Tennant um uh episodes have has premiered
0: um Wild really, yonder i'm telling you my god that yeah,
1: is, is probably we can get non-spoiler and there's no way to hold it back it's well, I- it's I'll be.
0: I can keep the non. I can keep it from being spoilery. I'm just going to say this: probably some of the finest writing Russell T Davies has ever done. I'm talking and production values to back it up. I I was going. If this is Disney Who, as people are going to call it, it's pretty good. I mean, no compromise in the in in the in the writing, in the tone. I mean, you can tell this is this is very much a british production a doctor who production oh yeah Just, it yeah, is money behind it you know
1: yeah in the same way that it took that big step forward from the classic who to new who and then from when i went to hd with matt smith like you could see you could see a clear step up that's what this is because it's you know they've never been able to do anything of this scope before and 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 david Tennant and captain tate it's like no time had passed.
0: My and that's the other thing too the, the performance between those two. I mean now uh, it, it's the the just the the episode uh Russell T. Davies ex- kind of prefaced it by saying this was probably the scariest of the three specials. Mm. You know and I was well, it was
1: a classic where we land on a spaceship. We weren't supposed to the TARDIS dumps us there. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Something bad's in this thing.
0: Something exactly, and it is bad. And the performances—I mean, because it's—it's essentially David Tennant and and Catherine Tate. The whole—that's it. Them, yeah, the just entire. Part.
1: Yeah, and Russell T Davies said, "Like I have David Tennant and, and Catherine Tate, I'm going to use them." And
0: David Tennant t- takes it to another level here. I mean, because you could tell. I remember he talked a lot leading up to these specials about what this doctor would be like, you know, like how, what's the difference between him now and when he was 10, right? He was 10, right?
1: Yeah. He was a 10th doctor. I and, mean the numbering system went out the window once John Hurt came in and then. Right.
0: But anyway, so, so um, he goes, yeah, I'm playing it the same, but there, there are little subtle things that happen, you know, that he does that he didn't do the first time around. Mm-hmm. And then ah, oh, and then uh uh I don't want to give a spoiler away. I'm no spoiler, but let's just say Russell T. Davies said ain't no way, no how he's unwriting the Chris Chipnall. Uh oh yeah, not-
1: there is a nod. They actually yeah. they actually mentioned the must flux which was made during lockdown. Yep. I hey, uh man. I barely got through that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can I tell you something? Yeah, you didn't have to watch it. <clears throat> I mean, now it's like this great now new extra layer to the doctor's background, which, and the way he, David Tennant plays it, I I was blown away. It was brilliant. Brilliant. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, the sad thing about this is I'm very interested in Chudy Gatwa. I think, I think it's going to a very strong place. Uh, I'm, I'm on board for it. I'm always on board for the new doctor. I always give him a chance. But after this episode, I was like, why only three, we only get David Tennant does a TV show every month. Like he's not too busy for doctor who, yeah. you know, it, it was like only three, <laughs> I was, I, I had my fingers crossed that I was like, you know what? Maybe cause they're going to do a Christmas special. I'm like, maybe the regeneration is in the Christmas special and we get one more full episode. Because the other thing we don't have, uh, which everybody is expecting, we don't have a multi-doctor team-up, which is what they always do for the big zero anniversaries. You know, the 50th was wonderful. The 50th was Matt Smith and David Tennant, uh, well, which is when course. they added John Hurt because they couldn't get Christopher Exton to come
0: back. Yeah. and then um, Now, Peter Capaldi has already said he's not returning.
1: Yeah, but Andrew Garfield said he wasn't returning to Spider-Man. I don't believe nobody no more
0: ha <laughs> ha true true that
1: andrew garfield told emma stone he wasn't returning to spider-man yeah these ndas man they reach they reach all the way up to emma stone
0: so i mean i will say you know i'm it, it's gonna hurt because i remember when i got back into who with david Tennant, and then you got to the last of his specials was end of time part two and and then he regenerates and he you know goes he old i don't want to go mm-hmm. um that that hurt that really hurt and and I was like, oh, this Matt Smith kid better impress me, and he did. He really did. They turned into a, a, he, it turned into another one of my favorite doctors. See, I I, I came in
1: after Matt Smith's first season because I was very. Um, I've said this many times. I couldn't stomach classic Who. It was, It was cheaper than original Star Trek, and I realized that was my bottom. And it was the show that pushed Monty Python's Flying Circus back on PBS. And I got, and I was angry at it. Uh, it was just always Tom Baker in a closet, <laughs> you know, arguing with Dryerland. Uh, I eventually did go back, but it took. I mean, it took me four or five seasons to get into new who and then once i did i was just completely in and these specials have given me everything i like about doctor who it's it reminds me of like when um jason siegel did the muppet movie and he brought back everything that was great about the muppets now the muppets had put out a christmas special two years before that movie but the premise of that movie was no one has seen the muppets since the 80s And you're like, yeah, yeah, have it. No, no, I missed the Muppets. And here are the Muppets back. Like Picard season three. We had Picard season one and season two. But when season three started, it was like, man, I haven't seen this, these characters in 20 years. And that's, that's how it was. Like I watched all of the Jodie Whittaker. I don't blame Jodie Whittaker. I do blame Chris Chabnall. It was freaking boring. Yeah, they Um, were, they were,
0: they were rough. I mean, yeah, no, I don't blame Jodie Whittaker at all. I, that at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I know it was a slow – each doctor was like a, a slow backslide, I think. Looking back, Matt Smith – I think Matt Smith was a step down from David Tennant. He seemed like he was a step up, but it wasn't much of a step. And Peter Capaldi, I personally liked. I like Cranky. Um, but it shed a lot of viewers then, and then Jodie Whittaker shed more viewers. So obviously the marketing for this is come back. I mean I there's so many paralysis. It's Force Awakens. It's the greatest hits you know hey the reason you like doctor who is the reason we like doctor who and we haven't done doctor who this way so let's do it i mean i can just run down a list because this is what our uh, genre is it's strange new worlds <laughs> it's hey let's give you the exact thing with the exact flavor you like because we've changed it too many times over the years we got to you know we're we're in the new coke of this franchise we got to go back to coke classic and it's it's wonderful. There are rumors, and I don't believe them, because they've talked about this hoover yeah. Yes. That there's going to be spinoffs. The fan rumors, I don't think it has any basis in reality, but the fan rumors is that uh, David's doctor will exist as a quasi-doctor-not-doctor, doctor. and so he can have his own series and not be in the way that should to get one. I don't believe
0: it either. I want to. Well, the, 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 you don't need to do that, though. I mean, the, the thing is, even though the, we only get the, you know, the David Tennant 14th Doctor for three three specials, we already know after the first special, he's been around for a while. Between that time he regenerated, you know, from Jodie Whittaker to now. I mean, to that point, because he's got a new sonic screwdriver that does yeah. stuff that we've never seen before. Yeah, that was really cool, but you know, it's been around. It's like, we never saw the story of that, so it's obvious he's been around. No, we
1: haven't, but but he he didn't know that the TARDIS had changed. So so if he was flying Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS around,
0: he was probably flying it around. I mean,
1: we days. do have a short. We we have that uh, Davros short between the regeneration and right. the first special. So there is there is some stuff out there, but but yeah, it's just <sighs> made me fall in love with it again. And honestly, I I lost my oldest son. To, uh, to Jody Whittaker, he won't come back. He won't watch it. I have told him these are great. He goes, oh, and then he goes back to his phone. Um, did he, did but- he
0: watch any of the tenant stuff? that you ever show him? Yeah, he
1: video? loved Matt Smith. Oh, now, Matt Smith that. was his favorite. I get. That. Um, so, but he was into it. I mean, the entire family was into it. I was actually talking to my ex wife about it yesterday, and I could see her light up. Um, I don't know that she's gonna go watch it, but she's like, oh, and yeah, right, David Tennant's back. Because we we all got sucked into it. But my younger son, who said the monsters were too scary and still won't watch Lord of the Rings because he knows there's a spider in it. <laughs> and, I, and I can't calm him down on that.
0: Yeah.
1: Because literally I saw I saw Return of the King at the premiere. Uh, and I was dating my ex-wife at the time, and she said her hand hurt because every time they showed Frodo and Sam, I'm like, they gotta show the spider. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because oh, the spider's supposed to come in the second one. <laughs> Um, uh, and I can't tell him it's not scary, but he watched, um, he watched the first two. I just put on, I put on the the Starbeast and I, and he was interested in the Meep. The Meep. And then, uh, you know, when the Meep, the, this, okay, Miles was, the Meep goes from being an E.T. homage to, you know, the evil alien. And he was like, wow, the Meep's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then he watched this new one. I said, do you want to watch the new Doctor Who? Yes, I do. And then... The kind, this was the kind of episode that was like, this might be too scary. I mean, I had no, no idea what to expect, but we were both like, that was amazing. And I had no idea where it was going. And it's been so long since I've been like, well, there's an adaptation of this, this. Is an adaptation of this. It's going to hit the formula of this. That last episode, zero clue what was going to happen. All I knew is that there was another one coming, so they wouldn't get killed.
0: Yeah, yeah. But how, how old was your younger one? He's 10 now. See, that's that's the 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 age range that the Doctor Who writers are aiming at. I mean when you when yeah. we look at these shows we when we look at Doctor Who, we keep thinking, oh, this is a show for grown-ups. No, no, no. That's it's it's that's a kid's show. The show right. is written for kids. This crazy ass shit that's going on is written for your 10-year-old, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, and, and he's gotten to that age where um he's now gotten into Batman the animated series weighed in before he'd become a huge Trekkie in the last year or two. So I think he's primed for it and, you know, followed it. And basically the only rule I gave him was first of all, you know, I, I quote unquote, put it on while he was in the room and I was like, I'm just going to watch this. And he was playing Legos and he just kept looking up. But I just told him at one point where he was like, what's going on? That's confusing. And I just went, doctor, who is sillier than Star Trek? And and, And he went, ah, Star Trek goes out of its way to ground its bullshit in pseudoscience. So you think it's real and then you step back and go, oh that doesn't work. Right. Uh, but Doctor Who, you're like, I feel like I'm being lied to my face. <laughs> it's like it was, you know, like when he starts explaining how the time travel works, it reminds me of the movers that I had. <laughs> You know, who forgot to tell me that their rates double on Saturdays? and forgot to tell me they were double booked and then didn't move a bookcase. And yes, I'm not over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
1: But, you know, Doctor Who, Doctor Who is a magic act. You know they're just doing crazy
0: stuff in front of you, but it's fun and it's entertaining. So don't go on message boards complaining about certain things, which that's back to that. I mean,
1: yeah, it's always that. I've already
0: dealt with that at one point today on a message board. People complaining about the actor that played Sir Isaac Newton. in in, in the Oh, I knew that was
1: going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, uh, Doctor Who's woke and they don't like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you then- know
1: they've had a lot. They had a lot to say about trans in the first episode. I'm sure that pissed them off, yeah. so they couldn't take a, a dark skinned Isaac Newton because you know all the Isaac Newtons diehards are saying this isn't canon. I know Isaac Newton, and sir, you're no Isaac Newton <laughs> <laughs> because not a day goes by that I don't have a conversation about Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton and Elvis—they're pretty much <laughs> those are a control. He's fucking Isaac Newton. <laughs>
0: God and then, and, then, and then the Star Trek nerds who say Spock shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been able to see the collapse of Vulcan from the moon he was at that makes no sense I'm like you hear phasers fire in space okay folks you can hear the phasers when the you can hear the the uh, photon torpedoes when they're fired you can't do that in space folks the moment you can hear stuff in space give up all that of the stuff it's Star-
1: yeah Star Trek is pseudoscience and uh the doctor who is magic. Exactly. So that, uh but yeah, I it's man. It's going to be, we're going to have a really interesting, like rundown of 2023, because this has been the year of stuff coming back. I think more than any other year. I mean, we've had Indiana Jones, we've had Picard, we've had uh doctor who now, we have Frasier. I mean, we're, you know, everything that you used to like 20, 30 years ago has come back to varying degrees of success. I mean, we've, we, ha- we have, we have two seasons of Beavis and Butte. Um It's, I feel like the thrust has been the year of bringing things back. And, and that being said, um, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny is now on Disney And I feel like people are finally watching it.
0: Yeah. They're going, Oh, Wow. This movie isn't as bad as everyone said it was. Now I'm seeing, oh, this movie's great. To me, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I watched it yet again. Of course, I had to watch it again when when it came on Disney Plus.
1: I showed it to my friends when I was uh, visiting last week. Uh, when I showed, I showed it to Howie and his wife, um, and we got the date wrong. We we're like, okay, Disney Plus. It comes on when you leave. I was like, well, I have it in my <laughs> iTunes library,
0: <laughs>
1: and I will sign you in. Uh, so I did just watch it last week, so I haven't seen the Disney Plus streaming, but it's the same as iTunes. Same. Uh
0: the, the only thing I will admit, the only thing that it just doesn't hold up as much is is the, the or, or, or a lot of those sequences with the D.H. Harrison Ford in the beginning, where he looks like a really well-rendered video game character. It's
1: yeah. certain angles. I, I remember you we talked about this. I mean you and I have covered Dial of Destiny probably more than anybody who wasn't trying to review bomb it. Um uh, you if you want, listen to our entire beer soak audio commentary yeah, of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We're just
0: um, yeah, we're rambling during it because we're we are we are legitimately watching the movie as we're, as yeah, but we're, we're going. having we're, but we're 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 enjoying ourselves. It's it's you know
1: it's it's two aging Gen Xers just feeling good. <laughs> um yeah, I mean we've covered it a lot, but yeah, I think. The technology is as good as it can possibly get. It's certainly miles and miles ahead of Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher and Rogue One. Um, yeah, I find it it's when he turns his head and has to shift perspective that it breaks down. And I also notice they really keep him in the dark a lot. The train yep. is not well lit, and yep. then he's it's all at night. Yeah, um, which was, is
0: impressive though. That's hard to do. That is hard to do.
1: Yeah, but it's also so you don't have to look at the details. Correct. You know, uh, so we they're shrouded a little bit, but it it does give the feeling of what you want. It's like it they basically said, you know, you miss young Harrison Ford, and so do we. This is as good as you can get.
0: And you know, but still, the movie overall, um, uh, beyond that, beyond the opening sequence, it just kept getting better for me. I mean, it's I, I I got more, I picked up more and more from Harrison Ford's performance and what he was doing in every little bit. And um of course, when you watch the um, documentary that they put on, which was about Harrison Ford. Timeless
1: heroes. Yeah. Timeless I, heroes. I saw that pop up when I was working out. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm going to work out to. So I did watch that on Friday and I and I thought, uh, I wonder if anybody else has seen this.
0: I know Elliot Serrano has. <laughs> <laughs> and it kills me because again, you know, we forget the, Covid shut the production down at one point. You
1: know. Oh, that's one of the reasons it's mo- one of the most expensive movies ever made. It's not just that de aging and paying Harrison Ford, but it got shut down several times.
0: Yeah, i remember the, the movie probably would have cost about a hundred million less were it not for COVID. Then people would have be complaining about what a what a quote unquote bomb it is. Yeah, Harrison Ford broke his leg. Yeah, so that which shut it down and and, and 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 injured his shoulder too.
1: Yeah, he tends to hurt himself on these things. Yeah.
0: But. um so you watch that that that, uh, that special that, that that documentary and you can really see that Harrison Ford is just loving it. He is just having mm-hmm. fun. And it, then you they show the bits with him and and James Van Gogh just going back and going at each other on the set, you know. And they're going, I can't believe shit like this didn't go out onto let's say um uh, uh the 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 social media as it was going out saying like, "Oh, Harrison Ford is having a disagreement with his director and and shit like that. You know, none of that ever came out. You know, because if if you didn't know any better, you'd think that they were arguing. And they even admitted there were times they went at each other back and forth, you know, on, on certain things, because you learned about a little bit more about Harrison Ford's <clears throat> process as a Collaborator. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he owns this character, and with Spielberg, and we talked about this when the movie came out. With Spielberg and Lucas out of the room, this is his movie.
0: It's his take. It's him. It's what he believes Indy would do. or Indy yeah. would be at this point, which I give him. I give him. I, I I give. That's so when you have all these, you know, Indiana Jones fans pissing on the movie, saying, "No, that's not Indy. That's not the way." You know, he would be hey, if anyone knows Indiana Jones as Harrison Ford, and this is not a fucking last Jedi scenario where the actor who played the character is being utterly dismissed by the director, like happened to Mark Hamill. You know, you know, he was telling Ryan Johnson, man, this does not feel like Luke Skywalker to me. You know, this is like, you know, I don't think Luke would be this way. But he had to service the script, he had to service the vision of the director. Mark Hamill even said that. Whereas Harrison Ford's like, no, this is the way Indy would be. And I think that's why this movie, to me, feels so much different than Last Jedi, where to me, I I know you guys talked about this on on, on a preview. Yeah, which,
1: I mean, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, Howie really uh, opened my eyes because he hates Last Jedi. Yeah, And he put his finger on it. I always thought Last Jedi was an interesting experiment, like an Iron Man 3 or a Batman Returns. Wow, you took some big swings. You you didn't knock them all out of the park. But, you know, bless you for trying. Let's move on. And what he said, and you can listen to last week's episode, was that the difference between Dial of Destiny and Last Jedi was that once Indy... Yes, Indy starts out like kind of alone and depressed because that's his arc. And the same way Picard starts on his vineyard. But... Uh, what he noticed, he goes, as soon as the adventure starts, Indy's in front of it. You know, he yeah. leads to the chance. Luke's kind of dragged through all of Last Jedi.
0: Yeah, Luke has to be pulled into it until finally at the very end. He, he intervenes, but not quite. He makes a not long Not there. He's not even there. Call. Yeah, he yeah, makes he, a long he, distance phone call is what. Yes, he, he used
1: streaming. Yeah, he stream yarded
0: the lightsaber fight. Yeah. He did. He It was a it was a force time chat. and the gold star goes to (laughs) thank you but so yeah watching this documentary again timeless heroes indiana jones and harrison ford you can see how much of himself harrison ford really brought to the character i and i'm learning that the underwater sequence when they go diving, it that was the last it. That was it. They wrapped after filming those, those. Oh, yeah, he's in a wetsuit saying thank yeah. you to everybody. When they wrap, I'm like, wow, that talk about filming shit out of order. Although I know that they had to re they had to um turn uh change things around after Ford you know hurt his shoulder, yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I it's an interesting documentary. And uh, when I went into it, I was like, oh, this is a biography on Harrison Ford, and then they. I was like, well, wow, they're kind of jumping pretty fast. And then I, then I thought, oh, okay. And then I looked at the title. I was like, oh, Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, because it's like, okay, we're getting a Star Wars, we're getting to the Disney properties. We're going to get a lot. We don't get that much. We get a lot of Raider stuff. A lot of Raider stuff I've never seen before. We don't get much of the other sequels. Crystal Skull is not even mentioned by name. So yeah, yeah, it's the least popular one to everybody. But man, the only time it's ever mentioned is karen ellen said after we finished the fourth one we talked about a fifth one and i was like we're not talking about the
0: fourth one you know and it's funny too because i remember when people hated temple of doom and remember and then we want we don't want to think about that one anymore. Uh, and Last Crusade is what redeems this, you know, the the series for us because it, it was more like what we expected Indy to be. You know, we've had we've had these discussions on. Yeah, time. I, mean, Night. I mean,
1: Last Crusade so, is is most people's second favorite, and I, it's Spielberg's second favorite of them.
0: Yeah, um, but it, to me, it's only made because it's it's Sean Connery. Cast anybody else as Indy's father, I don't think the movie works as well.
1: Yeah, aren't you glad he turned William Shatner down for Star Trek V?
0: Oh, hell yeah. Shop and Shatner's like,
1: yeah, he's like, but we named the planet after you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Steven Spielberg's on the other line. Have you directed before?
0: TJ Hooker, goodbye. <laughs> okay, TJ. It, it, it gets me, too, that, um because they do mention other roles that he plays. They talk a lot about um, um Witness, which mm-hmm. was his, his Oscar nominee. I remember seeing that.
1: Yep, they talk about it regarding Henry. Regarding um, Henry. Yeah, I was I was surprised they moved outside of Disney. I mean, they mentioned the Fugitive, which I think is
0: his best non-Lucasfilm related role. Oh yeah, this is best role behind to me behind Indy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, and of course, Lucas loved uh, uh Harrison Ford the most in Blade Runner. Where, where He was miserable. Harrison, he gives us his most flat performance <laughs> cuz he hated Ridley Scott.
1: Although, let's be honest, it was Blade Runner. Everybody gave the flattest performance. That's that's how it worked.
0: Yeah, but Ridley, again, it's back to the... Ridley, Scott was,
1: Ridley Scott's one uh,
0: direction everybody was sleepier. Yep. Uh, well, Lucas would always say uh, faster, more intensity. Yeah. Ridley Scott would say, uh, yeah, uh, sleepy. Go a little sleepier. Yeah.
1: yeah. Edward James Olmos, can you just stand way in the back, just farther away? <laughs>
0: And I learned that the whole uh, the whole sequence, the young Indiana Jones sequence that the Harrison Ford uh, did, you know, the, the framing sequence for the Chicago young Indiana Jones and the Mystery of the Blues was directed by Lucas. I didn't know. I didn't know the... that either. It's 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 funny, though, because
1: it's it's aged so much with when they show the clips again. And honestly, that's the one episode I've watched a lot. Uh, and uh, it really looks like early '90s TV, yeah. Just the framing and the cutting, and I'm like, even George Lucas had to bow to the rules of early '90s TV. What I love about that is he, uh, Harrison, is clearly growing his fugitive beard.
0: Yes, well, that yeah, he was in the process of that, and <clears throat> it was filmed like on the road outside his ranch in Wyoming.
1: Yeah, it was like, my name is Bruce. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like he goes, I don't mind it. as long as I'm here. You know, I'll do it. Yes. I I believe he did it for free. He didn't, you know, he didn't ask paid. Well, the show
1: was, the show was tanking, which they didn't mention. It was because it, it wasn't what it was advertised. I mean, I, I was super excited and tuned out because it was, it was like a period historical educational piece. It wasn't an action show. And back back then you couldn't really have an action show. I mean, it was on against the flash. That was like the most action you could get on a television screen.
0: Right. And that would change to, that would, would be way different today, obviously, but no. Yeah. But still with Ford seeing his collaborative process. Oh, they don't mention some of his other films where his collaborative process rubbed people the wrong way. Like the devil's own, the movie he did with Brad Pitt.
1: God, I forgot about that movie.
0: Yeah. Um, gee. Uh, uh, and then near the end there, you know, you were talking, you've made this joke uh, uh, for a while that Harrison Ford, but it, all his movies were my, my, my family, my yeah. plane, you know, I need my, my wife, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: call it his bad husband face. Yeah. Keeps losing his family. His wife dies. Yeah. Just running. He's just running the streets.
0: <laughs> so, but Hey, you know what they say when, uh, was it that the, the, the end of, that, that, that the line at the end of the, the, the man who shot Liberty Valance, you know, when given a choice, print the legend, you know, don't. Yeah. When you tell the story, print the legend. That's, and I'm okay with that. When it comes to Harrison Ford, in the end, when you close the book, the guy's going to be known as one of the greatest movie stars of 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 his time, of his era. He never acted
1: like a movie star. I always, I always kept thinking about Harrison Ford since I was a kid. I'm like, why isn't this guy bigger? Like, why isn't this guy bigger than Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or like the people that were set up to be the movie stars is like, you don't want it.
0: You don't want it. I mean, the guy wanted his, you know, he did want his privacy too. When you Mm -hmm. think about it, the guy only recently started signing autographs, you know, for the longest time, the dude wouldn't sign anybody's autograph. Now he's out there signing every autograph he can get, you know, he can fit into, fit into things. So, yeah, you know, so, but you can tell he, he liked his privacy. He, you know, he was willing to come out. Remember for the long, they would always say, he was prickly on press tours, mm-hmm. you know, doing press things. Yeah, which and I think it was... I'm sorry, I, which I don't blame him when you consider some of the dumb questions he would get asked. Over, and, get over asked and over the and over. Same question over and over again, right.
1: Well, I think that's why they showed, like, the Conan O'Brien clips. Because I uh, Conan seemed to be the one that cracked the shell. Because Conan turned the crankiness into his character. You know, and, and it seemed like Harrison Ford loved that because you. Would always go back for the longest time. He didn't really do talk shows, they show a, a fairly low key Letterman. He did,
0: yes. Well, you well know he be, he would, yeah, he would do Letterman and just lean into the whole this is this makes me feel very awkward kind of, yeah.
1: But Kona, but Kona would take that and do bits about it. And Harrison yeah. Ford had no choice because it was all happening around him, yeah. And then finally, like, you know, the, the, uh, oh god, is it? I, I, I think it might even be a Jimmy Kimmel piece. But the Conan piece where Chewbacca asks a question in the audience—that's Kimmel. That it was is Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that happens without Conan, but that is a great bit.
0: My favorite bit will always be when Jordan Schlenzky brings out his Millennium, his uh Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that's
1: an autograph he signs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is one of the most hilarious bits, yeah. uh, but also one of the most cold-blooded, cruel things I'd ever seen. Until, of course. Harrison Ford would spoil the, you know, the backstory about that on uh, Conan O'Brien. Oh, it's
1: clearly a bit. I mean, it, the way he fumbles it, it's like, they all know this is happening.
0: I would hope. Like, yeah. At the time he was on, a, I don't know, if I think it was Kimmel or Fallon, where he had the Harris, he had the Han Solo figure, and, and he broke like, okay. his leg off. It yeah. was a Hot choice too. It was not yep. a cheap one. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there is, like, I, I did feel like this documentary was the closest anyone's gotten to Harrison Ford. And it's, like, people that are like, yeah, he's hard to get to know. But he's, but they actually talk to the people who did know him. And they're like, this is why he's great. And I felt like he's been so enigmatic. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, you and I have been looking at since we were probably seven years old. And I felt like, oh, finally, I know a little bit about him.
0: And he's never going to do a biography. He said he's never going to do one. He says yeah. he doesn't think anyone will ever be interested in that. If you believe that. Yeah. I, you know,
1: he's, yeah. He, uh, he's there not the writer. Autobiography.
0: Type. There have been plenty of biographies, but he'll never do an autobiography. But
1: unauthorized, right. I mean, this, I I kind of feel like this is as close as we get.
0: Yeah. So, no. but again, for what it's worth. Uh is is i'm i'm just wondering is disney going to make this available on physical media <laughs> or will it just is there disappear? no the,
1: yeah is there no discount yet
0: I, I haven't seen it if there is oh i, oh,
1: it. I mean well, it's not included on the dial of destiny yeah.
0: i have not seen the i have not gotten the dial of destiny disc yet i think yeah. it's just it's coming out this week
1: yeah because this was directed by Lawrence Bazaro, who made his name doing dvd features and it reminded me uh, it didn't seem like a separate documentary, like, you know, Chaos on the Bridge or um Deep Space 9 What We Leave Behind, where it's like, okay, we, we commissioned this whole documentary to talk about this whole thing. It seemed like something that would be in bonus features, and it made me wistful. Hey, guess what? I was able to turn all our disparate topics all around <laughs> because this is why I used to buy DVDs. I used to buy DVDs and not watch the movie the first night because it's like, well, I've already seen this movie, which is why I bought it. Let me watch all of these documentaries to tell me about how it was being made. And there is a decent hour long documentary on the streaming version, but it seems like, you know, back in the days where you did premiere two disc sets, this is like empire of dreams.
0: Yeah. Cause I remember with all the, when they did the star Wars prequels, they, there were also documentaries of the production of each film. And those mm-hmm. were put on the, On the DVDs eventually.
1: Yeah, and and you know the the, what stands highest on that mountain is the Lord of the Rings extras because those were discs. Those were like I think they were like nine hours each of documentaries. Uh, The Hobbit they were just like oh we were presser
0: time and we told CG to do it. (laughs) That's that's all of the Hobbit. Because I know with um, Lucas I know his idea was that you could take these films and then they were. Essentially film class when you watch yeah. the extras.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was the days. Well, he did his own audio commentaries on, on I think, all six, which uh, was surprising. Spielberg's never done an audio commentary.
0: Wait, did uh, Mangle did an audio commentary on this one?
1: No, there's no audio commentary. Not on the streaming. It, it was on the disc, maybe. But I don't I know. That, did he do Logan? I don't know that he's done mm-hmm. audio commentaries.
0: So the, the great thing about the disc, and one of the reasons why I want to get the disc, is because there's a uh, soundtrack-only um, mm. um, uh, menu on it. So, like, you can watch the movie and just listen to the John Williams score. And this
1: might be John Williams' final
0: score. Yeah, well, he says he'll do more, but this will probably be, like, the last big movie that he, yeah. that he scores.
1: Well, I saw him at the Chicago Sim- uh, Symphony back in this spring, and, uh, I mean, he was sharp. He was uh, He was brilliant. He's conducted well, but whoa, did he need a lot of help getting on and off, off that podium. So I was like, ooh, like he's 93.
0: Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing him, it was pre-COVID, I remember seeing him do conduct the CSO. And um, yeah, it was the same thing. And he did, he came out and he did an encore. And then people begged for him to do one more. And he did this thing like, he goes, look, I need to go to bed. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay, let, let the master go. Let, yeah. let the maestro go. <clears throat>
1: Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. We're watching the old. We're watching the boomers and beyond die off. So yeah. all of our childhood heroes, uh, including your parents, <laughs> they're all they're all getting. They're all slowing down, and it's. I I, I feel like it's especially poignant, for uh, our generation, because we were the leftover generation. You know, there weren't there wasn't that much stuff geared to us. You know, there were like George Lucas and Grunge and The Simpsons. Those are like the thing, but for the most part, we watch reruns. We watch these old things from the '60s and the '70s. So a lot of our heroes were older than they usually are. So we're really seeing it happen.
0: And everything beyond that was just marketing to us to sell shit. <clears throat> yeah. You
1: know. Yeah, breakfast cereal and action figures, and hey, it worked on me. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't eat. I don't eat breakfast cereal anymore. But. <laughs> So yeah, I would, uh, would you recommend the documentary?
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. If you're, um, if you're an Indiana Jones fan, you should watch this. It gives you, I mean, it's, again, <clears throat> it shows, you know, life on the set of, of, of Dial of Destiny. And you get to see Harrison Ford just totally screwing with James Mangold and, and everybody on the set. And I mean, mind you, I've heard stories of the way Harrison Ford can be on set. I remember C2E2 a few years back, when Ann Foley, who did the costumes on, um, on Crystal Skull, you know, before we went on on stage, um, she was telling me the story about Harrison Ford. You know, we were just chit chatting. She tells me the story about Harrison Ford and how he, some things that he said, and I was like, "Oh, that is a great story. You need to tell that. You need to tell that." And she's like, "Oh no, I can't because then it'll make." It'll make Mr. Ford look bad. And I went, no, no. Tell it the way you told me. Where we can tell, like, he's screwing with people. He's having fun, you know? Because yeah, you he can... <clears throat> he has a sense of humor. Yeah. Incredibly dry sense of humor. Yes. But if you I'm get kidding. it, it's it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, he's not a guy that made comedies. But, you know, like Spielberg. You know, Spielberg can re- really land a joke in a movie. But, he, you know, he tried a comedy once. And it was 1941. He had John Belushi in it. And it didn't work.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing too. That they they talked about in the um in the documentary now how Harrison Ford's in this phase of his career where, <laughs> pardon me, he can do comedy. He's doing shrinking.
1: Yeah.
0: And he could be. He has that dry sense of humor that just works so well. You get to see. That's true. That I, hit, you know. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. He. I mean, he plays the he plays the straight man a lot to the other characters, but he is really nailing it. And I I was saying before they raised Apple TV to 10 bucks after they ended Ted Lasso so uh no <laughs> That's, but uh you know I mean, I, you did, I did love season 1 of Shrinking so when season 2 comes back I am it is going to be tempting
0: Yeah I would say when it comes back you can consider it I mean right now I keep uh, I mean I'm probably thinking about yeah I'm going to I'm going to cancel it for now because what am I watching I'm watching um um Monarch Legacy of Monsters, and which is kind of not Russell. Yeah, it's not hitting me the same way it's hitting everyone else. And then there's the the Brie Larson uh, series, the about the the woman who Mm. wants to be a. Yeah, was
1: it Lessons in Chemistry?
0: Lessons in Chemistry, yes. And then um, Slow Horses is back, which is on Apple.
1: Yeah, and Slow Horses was the one that like I should probably go back and start it. Cause I love Gary Oldman and it's like, this is like season three or four. And I was like, yeah, I'm not paying 10 bucks to catch up on this and see if I like it.
0: Oh, and for all mankind is back too, which was my thing. So so there's enough content on there to keep me wanting to go, but
1: yeah, but not at the, not at that price point. That's you know, that's a lot.
0: I think Netflix is going to go for me.
1: Well, everybody's adding ads. So it's, it's the idea of like, what am I, what am I putting ads on? I would let like go of Netflix, but, uh, my girlfriend likes it. And she, and that's the one she pays for. No.
0: No, so
1: yeah. I'm like, okay. And you know, she's, she's now uh, watching six feet under. Cause they added that. Cause as we were saying before it, that's something that should be on HBO max. It's not, it's on Netflix, uh, because you know, everybody's trading everything. So she's watching a lot of that. Oh. And, uh, my son's watching walking dead. So, but we pay for like the low plan where you can only have one on at a time. So they're constantly booting each other off between the phone and the TV. But yeah, there's not much. I mean, for me with Netflix, it's like, who's got a stand up special. That's, that's like the only thing that really pulls me in. Uh, I mean, Disney plus has my loyalty because I mean, it has, it has star Wars, Marvel and Dr. Who and HBO max. I'm like, I keep wanting to leave and, it's one of the, and a lot of these, I don't know about you, but a lot of these, I pay the
0: annual fee. Yes. That's my HBO max is annual for me. And I did a paramount plus annually too. So,
1: yeah. So it's not like, I don't want to pay this a month, but then you hit me in the right mood. I'll be like, oh, I'll pay that year. You know, I'll treat it as a bill and then not think about it. And honestly, that's, that's how they keep, because you know, when David Zaslav went through HBO max with a dirty machete, I was like, screw this. But I had already paid my annual fee. So I was like, yeah. yeah, screw this 10 months from now. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I doubt Zazlav will be there 10 months from now.
0: True, true.
1: I think, you know, I think he was hired just to cut things down. Although he did say in an interview that it took courage to cancel all those shows.
0: No. Uh, aren't they? Was it um, <clears throat> Eisner? Was it Eisner? Who said that the... the Iger? Iger. No, uh, the, the Disney head. Iger. Yes, thank you, Bob Iger. Bob Iger, Iser was the old guy, the last yes. guy. <clears throat> Iger saying that, oh, the the reason these shows weren't so good um, was because we didn't have enough executives on it. Yeah. Seriously? Seriously,
1: when when all you have is a hammer, that everything sure. looks like a nail.
0: Everything looks like a nail. Yeah, but oh yeah, that's a uh, the uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I'm sorry. Wait, Captain Marvel. Made as much money as freaking um, uh, made as much money as um, um, Scorsese's film.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the Killer Moon.
0: Killer of the, yeah. Yeah, Marvel. but
1: it, ma- it made the lowest uh, of the MCU. So it's, considered yeah, but,
0: but Scorsese's money, mo- uh, Captain Marvel only costs like 20 million more to make than, than Scorsese's film. And it didn't make that, but so to me, it's like the whole: why aren't we out there saying that Scorsese produced a flop? You know, why aren't we out there saying, "Oh, we, I, I've got, uh, I've got Scorsese fatigue"? There are too many Scorsese movies coming out. Getting- Everybody's making
1: a Scorsese movie,
0: right? Robert I mean, De
1: Niro's in everything.
0: I mean, why don't we? Why aren't we saying I'm getting Law and Order fatigue with all the Law and Order shows, all the NCIS shows? They're gonna do. Oh, free- I have that fatigue. <clears throat> They're Absolutely. doing NCIS Australia for fuck's sake! I mean, come on! Why aren't we talking about the fatigue of that? Because, because,
1: because the fan base is sated. Maybe with that, I'm not in that fan base, so I don't think about it. I just go, well, there's a lot of those," and I go and live my life. You know, it's like Yellowstone. I, I, I want to see the Helen Mirren, Harrison Ford, just because Helen Mirren has Ford. But I'm like, I don't know anything about this universe. It's like the c is like the cw dc shows that are that are now all gone thanks to zazlav uh but there were so many of those that i was like okay i'm just gonna stay out but i i'm not i'm not i wasn't shaking my fist and going lois superman and lois there's just too many dc shows i have dccw fatigue i can't say anagrams anymore <laughs> uh it's you know, I just didn't watch it. I was like, oh, Flash is okay. I'll watch Batwoman. Oh, they're crossing over okay now.
0: I would say watch 1923, though. You didn't need to have seen Yellowstone to get right. into it. Although you might you will watch all the episodes, you're gonna be frustrated because it ends on a cliffhanger, and then all the production got held up because of again COVID and all these other things. So God knows when the when the uh the second season's gonna come.
1: Well, I still haven't forgiven you for the old man, the Jeff Bridges show. You didn't like it? It ended on a
0: cliffhanger. But I mean I was like, I, was like I thought it. this
1: was a limited series. It was gonna be closed. Yeah, that's what I and was thought like, too. it's gonna keep going.
0: That's what I thought too. I thought yeah. the same thing. Although again, but then Jeff Bridges did end up having that health issue, like in the per- right. I mean, they thought the show was done. They they had two episodes done, and they thought, Oh, our our leading man's gonna die. This is never going to air. Mm. And he came back, and that's why you could see that the the action, so to speak, the action that he participates in is really, you know. Yeah, it's it's slowed way down.
1: And that, and that's the thing with these shows; it's hard to know what's closed ended and what's and what's supposed to go on and what doesn't go on, or or the reasons behind it. They just announced that Muppets Mayhem is canceled, and I was like, "Wait, you were gonna do another one?" <laughs> like,
0: I think that's what a lot of people were also saying, though. A lot of people were saying, "Wait a minute, you know, you weren't." You know, like uh, they were saying that about the Watchmen. Remember the first on HBO? Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh well, it's it, it's it's the 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 press is out there saying Watchmen canceled, but it's like Lindelof said, there's only going to be one season. It was a limited series. That yeah, but then cool. again, I
1: didn't see a good see good omen season two coming until we had it. Yes. I mean, they finished the book. Yes. So you, yeah. you never know.
0: And there there's supposed to be a season three coming up. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're talking about uh, Neil Gaiman's writing a season three. He said if uh, he said if it doesn't get uh, picked up by Amazon, he'll put it out as a comic book. But I don't care because the comic book doesn't have David Tennant and Michael Sheen talking to each other. And and as much as I want to see a multi doctor team up, I want to see Michael Sheen show up in one of these (laughs) two minutes, you know, as a put upon character.
0: Companion of some sort. Oh yeah, working for Unit. Wait, did you finally watch Stage Season Three?
1: No, I don't have access. I don't have BB. That uh, was the BBC iPlayer. The or... first you two I mean? se- again. The first two seasons were on Hulu. Third season was not.
0: Yeah, I know. Ah, and you have a greatest thing. Uh, Doctor Who. I'm sorry. It's just the 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 this the these uh, Doctor Who episodes right now. Of course. Um, by the time this airs. The next season, the next episode will be airing uh, the following Saturday, where we'll get the Neil Patrick Harris's character. And uh, I'm guessing the end of David Tennant as his, his short run as the doctor, which I'm expecting to break break my heart again. Yeah, I uh, my greatest
1: thing in the world uh, is actually a pair of documentaries, uh, HBO. And you can find this on Max because Zazlove hasn't gotten to it yet. Ah, uh, Rob Reiner directed a documentary about his best friend since high school. That is the best retrospective of Albert Brooks ever. Um, Albert Brooks is one of those guys. If you love him, you are devoted to him, and I have been since *Defending Your Life*. Uh, and I followed every movie he's made, and I, I think he's the genius that people told us Woody Allen was. But uh, because he's about notoriously-
0: the pedophilia, you mean?
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely without without that uh i don't like pedophilia in my comedians um or or, or drugged rape there's that too uh, i'm not i'm not crazy about exposing privates to people that don't want them either yeah the list you. goes on but um albert brooks has never been wanted to do interviews he's was known for going on late shows and doing bits mm-hmm. so we never really knew much about him. But because Rob Reiner grew up with him. We get the best look in. And um, it's a nice companion piece to one done a couple of years ago about Bob Einstein, his brother, who was Super Dave Osborne and uh, Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's I also love- on HBO. And that's Super
0: wonderful. Dave. Yeah. It's wow. funny. I watch the Super Dave bits now. And I'm like, okay, now I get the jokes. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> Uh but you know what but it spun me off I ran into this very very strange documentary on YouTube that Judd Apatow made. He made a 20 minute documentary and put it on YouTube and I I just came across it last week and I was riveted and it's about the friendship between Bob Newhart and Don Rickles. It's not biographies on both men. It's about their friendship and you know uh, Bob Newhart's like 92 Um, but you can say he really misses them and their wives were really close friends and Bob Newhart and his wife are still alive, but Don and uh, his wife are gone. And they're just, they show all home movies and then going on vacation and the, them on talk shows together. And, uh, people always saw it as an odd couple because their styles were very, very different, but they said as, as men, they were very similar. And it was just, it was just really lovely and heartwarming. So they're, um, There are some great comedian documentaries out there that are not about um, drug rape. (laughs) So.
0: And you mentioned Rob Reiner and the, I was really excited that they announced uh, last week that um, there will be a Rob Reiner's directing a spinal tap reunion.
1: Yes, they're doing spinal tap. They have a weird thing with spinal tap because of the, the rights with the movie, I think was embassy pictures, which, you know, no longer exists. and has been sold. It's been sold. I don't know who has the rights now, but like I, the DVDs come from a different company every time mm-hmm. I just remember a criterion one, which doesn't help. But uh every 10 years or so, if they don't do something new, they lose the rights. But I think this, so you'll see them go on tour or they did a special in the nineties or they put out a new album. Um, And, you know, usually they're pretty good. And obviously these are, the men who are coming from the Christopher guest films as well. So no matter how old they got, it wasn't embarrassing, but I, this is the first time that Rob Reiner's joined them again. So I'm on board. I mean, Michael McKeon is a national treasure.
0: Yes. And I I told you, I've seen, I've actually seen them in concert. I've seen spinal tap in concert and I went from, Oh my God, this could be the dumbest thing I've ever seen to, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. And I mean, the guys were doing it. They were actually performing and add to that. They were fucking loud. My ears were ringing for days afterwards. So trust me, the guys knew how to perform. They knew how to, how to do it uh, even in person. So yeah, the only that, time,
1: mm-hmm. the only time I saw them was, uh, was at MoMA and it was kind of a talk, kind of a concert. Cause they, the three of them had acoustic guitars right. and they played spinal tap songs and mighty wind songs. So it wasn't that loud. But I've also what you said about Spinal Tap. I have heard the same thing about Weird Al. Not as loud, but I heard Weird Al puts on an amazing live show.
0: Well, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: well, Elliot, how do we find you?
0: Well, if I survive, you can always find me on the socials at Elliot Serrano with two L's, two T's, and two R's. Mostly on um, Instagram and Facebook, of course. I will post on the I've been posting the on the top men indie podcast Instagram as well. Looking forward to restarting the MCU review. We keep talking about that, just doesn't happen. But well, we're before. at an odd
1: we're at an odd place. We just finished far from home and we're we're at we're at the drop off point of the MCU as we've been yeah. talking about. It's like all right, well, we're going we we owe you 10 disappointing episodes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know that's it for sort of. the
1: it's been hard to keep that momentum up,
0: but I've got guests waiting. We're actually have guests oh. that are booked who are ready to come on. And they're asking right. well, when you guys keep back. Our, so, but we will come back. <laughs> okay. And, but then add to that, of course, um, uh, here on the uh, caffeinated comics podcast uh, where I come in from time to time when I'm not like losing a lung.
1: Yeah. Uh, or when you are. Uh, and you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get podcast. Uh, Elliot likes to say, although he's coughing right now, uh, like to ask Alexa to play caffeinated comics. Um, I asked my Alexa to play Weezer and it uh, decided to update and brick itself, but (laughs) that's not your problem. Uh, but you can follow me at none of my book on Instagram where like, honestly, you can see my Christmas tree right now. Uh, but go to facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. That's where we, Post all the news that's Fit to Geek. And uh, I deleted my X app, but I have yet to deactivate my account. And I think that's coming pretty soon. But either way, we will talk to you next week.